When trials come, Pastor Ed Taylor says, remember our good and great shepherd. There are battles going on, and if not now, there will be by the end of the day that these precious truths have come into your life, and you just don't want to believe them. What happens is, is, well, the trial is so big and it's so huge and, and it's unbelievable. And the trial begins to cloud us from the preciousness of our faithful Savior. The enemy wants to use trials against us, but trials in the hands of God are not against us. They're for us. The good shepherd, his presence in our lives, faithful and true, dispels all the fears, all the panic, and all the terrors of the unknown. This is amazing grace. When the doctor comes back with some bad news or you get a flat tire and you're stranded on the side of the road, how will you react? Today on Abounding Grace, we'll see the comfort to be found in knowing that our Good Shepherd is there for us at such times. Recalling that makes all the difference. Pastor Ed Taylor is spending some extra time in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, so that we can glean as much as possible from it to help us navigate through the trials of life in a God-glorifying way. Pastor Ed will also be looking at the first part of Psalm 23 today. For a sheep to rest, not only peace from predators, peace from pests, but thirdly, they also needed a peace from tension with other sheep. Go figure that. <laughs> Do sheep ever butt heads? You bet. Is there every tension among believers and churches? Oh, yes. And in order to get a true rest, you need to understand that the shepherd will protect you. And you need to have a sense of this peace from tension. The fourth thing that a sheep needed was a peace from being hungry. A sheep couldn't rest if it was hungry. It needed to be well-fed and well-satisfied and well-nourished. And I think of these in our own lives. Everything just had to be right. Everything had to be in order. And it's important to understand that when we look at these in our own lives, only the shepherd can provide these to the flock. You can't get them anywhere else. Only the shepherd. It's completely up to our shepherd to keep us free from the disturbing influences that can simply wreck our lives. To bring us to a place of being absolutely flustered and frustrated. So, the question becomes, when was the last time you took a rest? I mean a real rest. You took time away and just sought the Lord. You didn't do anything. You put your phone down. You put your computer down. You took a time off from work and you just rested. For some of you, it's been a long time. I found that God gets far more done in me and through me when I'm well rested. Not when I'm all running around because we live in a fast-paced society. A society where we're trained to take every moment as it comes and to anticipate and schedule for all the moments in the future that we want to take by the hand. If we are conditioned in our society. You've got to keep up. You can't take a rest. You've got to run. You've got to go. You don't want anybody to get ahead of you. And the increased tension and demands and deadlines, you know what it does? It makes our stress meter go through the roof. It makes sense to rest. 
There's this pressure in our lives to be more efficient, to get more done, to create more business, to make more money, to do more, to think more, and it's absolutely overwhelming. And notice, my shepherd, your shepherd, makes me lie down in green pastures. Remember the creation count back in Genesis? We're told that in six days God created the universe and on the seventh day he rested. And the universe didn't fall apart, did it? It didn't go into chaos. Everything went just, God was just fine in God's resting and ceasing from creation because he was done. Don't you think, don't you think that things will certainly be okay when you take a rest? When you wake up in the morning and all is going to be well? People need rest. Nations need rest. You know, churches need rest. And so something that you know we've done in the recent past and we will continue to do is take weeks and shut the church down. No ministry, no activity. We're only going to pray and fast so that we train ourselves corporately and individually to seek the Lord as Jesus did. He often would get away by himself to spend time with the Father. And you wonder why things are so hectic in your life. And you wonder why it's so difficult. And you wonder why you're so stressed out. And you wonder why you're starting to break under the pressure. And you wonder why your body's starting to feel it. And you wonder why there's tension in your home. And you wonder why people always seem to fight with you. And you wonder why all these things... My question to you, when's the last time you took a rest in the Lord? And you just shut everything down. Remember years ago when they started inventing all these gadgets... Do you remember when pagers, you, you only, it only beeped. You didn't see anything on it. It just beeped, and only the people you gave the phone number to could have called you. And so you'd make a few phone calls before you figured out who beeped you. And then, the, then you had fax machines, and, and then there was those big cell phones. that you There was actually a way to lose weight because you'd carry the thing around, and you'd have this big thing, and, and they were all supposed to save you time, right? Right. All they did was make you do more, didn't they? Even today. Even today, in the midst of a service, what rings? Your cell phone. Does anybody really need to talk to you in the middle of church service? No, but somebody wants to. And they've got your cell phone number. And so, bring. I mean, unless it's God, I'm not answering my cell phone. That's not, it's not going to happen. You're at work and you have an email box. Wasn't that supposed to help you get things done? And so you get things done. And tomorrow, many of you are going to have 100 emails in your inbox. Oh, And for somebody, maybe it's not 100, maybe just two. Two more than you really wanted. Or one that's going to cause all... They didn't really save us all this time, but they were supposed to. Because this world only wants to squeeze out of you every last ounce of your energy. So you have nothing left for Jesus Christ. That's the truth, gang. And so we have to have an attitude where we go into this world and use the world system for the glory of God, not allow the world system to crush us and take away our vitality, away from the fruitfulness of bearing fruit for the kingdom. My shepherd, your shepherd, he makes us lie down, I love this, in green pastures. And he leads me beside the still waters. You know, sheep, they will eat anything. They'll eat anything. They could be literally five feet away from green, lush, beautiful grass. They'll stay on this side with the dark brown dead grass and start eating it. And they'll eat it until they get to the dirt. And you'd think, well, I think I'm done with the dead grass. The dirt's not tasting so good. I think I'll go to the green grass. No, they'll start eating dirt. 
They'll eat dirt through until they get to rocks. And you know what they do? You think they'd wise up and go, rocks, this doesn't taste good. It's not very tasty. I see green grass. All my buddies are over there. I think I'll follow them. No, you know what they'll do? They'll continue to eat down and start eating rocks because they need to be taken to the green pastures. They need a shepherd to point it out to them, to physically lead them. I love this because in my Bible and yours, it doesn't say that the good shepherd pushes us. Is that what your Bible says? No. It says leads me. It doesn't say he pushes me. It doesn't say he prods me. It doesn't say he pressures me. It doesn't say that, that he guilts me. It doesn't say that he somehow wants to drive me. It says that he leads me because he's a safe, gentle, precious shepherd. And he's going to lead us. And he's going to take care of us. Not only to green pastures, but also to the still water. Sheep will drink dirty, dead water to their own death. They will do many things that will lead to their own death if they don't have a good shepherd taking care of them. They'll eat rotten things that will mess up their intestines. They'll drink dead water that will mess up their insides. And, and they will do many things if the shepherd's not taking good care of them. There are pastures out there, you know, for us that will not feed you or nourish you. They might even look green, but they won't feed you. They won't nourish me. He makes me lie down in places that are peaceful and comfortable and nourishing. And I know they're from the Lord because the Bible says that wisdom from above is first peaceable, James says in chapter 3. There's a peace about my shepherd. Even though I have a tendency to eat what's in front of me, even if it isn't clean and even if it isn't healthy and even if it isn't nourishing, my good shepherd and yours will make me lie down and rest, will make me come to the tenderness of the green pastures, and he'll lead me beside the still waters. Because in our lives, there's no substitute for knowing and believing that the shepherd is nearby. Do you know the greatest battle in your life goes on in your mind of what you choose to believe and act on? of where you really choose to direct your life. There are battles going on, and if not now, there will be by the end of the day that these precious truths have come into your life and you just don't want to believe them. What happens is, is well, the trial is so big and it's so huge and, and it's unbelievable, and the trial begins to cloud us from the preciousness of our faithful Savior. The enemy wants to use trials against us, but trials in the hands of God are not against us. They're for us. The Good Shepherd. His presence in our lives, faithful and true, dispels all the fears, all the panic, and all the terrors of the unknown. Flip over to 2 Timothy, would you, in chapter 1? As he makes us lie down, he knows what's best for us. As he leads us beside the still waters, he knows what's best for us. And our good shepherd takes care of the things that bring terror into our lives. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Paul is encouraging the young pastor here in the midst of ministry, in the midst of his life, and he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Our shepherd hasn't given us a spirit of fear, and so the things that we're fearing, we need to get our eyes back on the shepherd. In the areas where we're weak, well, in Jesus Christ, we have great power because our good shepherd has given us power. But not only that, notice he's also given us a love and a sound mind. That's so encouraging. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. The Lord might be saying to you, 
that you need to take a physical rest. You need to stop and pause. One of the things that's happening in work these days is they've taken away sick days. Maybe they've done this in your, where you work, and they've replaced them with what they call personal days. And you can use them any way you want. You no longer have to say, wait for a time when you're sick to take time off, but now they've given some flexibility over the last few years where you can take some time. Maybe you own a business and you're so afraid to take any time off and you have the flexibility to do that. You have the flexibility of your work to take time off. You might have some vacation time coming. Friends, some of you, the Lord is telling you, take some time and rest. Set everything aside and rest. And still there's another group that the Lord might be saying to you that you need to rest in Him spiritually. That your trust needs to be fully in Him. That when tough times come, we look to the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. That He's authored your faith and He's going to be faithful to complete it. Because our shepherd, as good as He is, makes us lie down. Notice verse 3 now as we wind down. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is so sweet. I mean, this is too much. Our shepherd restores our soul. He restores to us what has been stolen away in our minds and in the deepest emotions of my heart. He comes to me in such a way with his gentle touch and his kind word and his faithful presence where I'm reminded, you know, all is well because I have a shepherd who takes care of me. All is going to be just fine. Everything's okay. I get perspective on what's going on in my life because he restores. Now that word it restores implies that I've lost something. That maybe the pressure of life, maybe I'm my own flesh, maybe the weakness of, uh, of who I am and how I think and the, the intense battles that are going on, that I've lost something internally. It's not just in the mind, but he says in the soul. Speaking of who you are in the inner man and in the inner woman. We suffer through, don't we, so many disappointments? There are times we're disappointed in ourselves or in others. We face so many rejections in this world. We go through so many difficult and damaging times. People leave us. They turn on us. Dreams that we have don't come to pass. We make a grave mistake and it costs us dearly. We want to progress in this direction, but now we're going in this direction. And our shepherd restores to us you know, these are the things that often lead a person to quit and give up. I don't have what I want. Things aren't lining up the way I planned, and now I just quit. And it often leads someone to even turn their back on the things of the Lord because God didn't come through for them some way that they, th that they thought he would. And yet when my soul is drained and damaged, the Lord does a great work in my life through the strength of his Holy Spirit. Flip over to Ephesians chapter 5, would you please? He fills me afresh with his Holy Spirit. He says, don't go to the world for satisfaction. Don't run to the world. Specifically in Ephesians 5, he tells us, believers, don't go get drunk because things aren't going your way. Don't lean on some of the crutches of this world. Try to mask your pain because your shepherd wants to restore to you your soul. For some, you need to repent from your sin and come back to the shepherd of your soul, the overseer of your soul. But he'll do that work of restoration. Look at Ephesians 5, verse 18. He says, Do not be drunk with wine. And that's often a place where someone will go when times get tough, when their soul needs to be restored. They'll, they have this habit, I'm just going to get drunk. 
And some people don't even intend to get drunk. I'll just have a few beers to wind down and a few beers end up being a 12-pack and now they're drunk and they're back to where they were. Or I'll go off to this person because I always felt some comfort with this person. Instead of running to the things of the Lord, when our souls are, are just deep and deeply damaged and drained, we'll run to some person. Or, or we'll run this way or we'll run that way. And he says, don't, don't be drunk with wine. Or, or in pulling back the picture, it speaks to us of running to the world for satisfaction. Don't do that. He says, there's dissipation there. There's emptiness there. But be filled with the Spirit. And so two things I've often seen that brings great encouragement that God will use to restore my soul is first that fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And secondly, look at verse 19. He'll often use other spirit-filled brothers and sisters that will speak to me, speaking one another in psalms and hymns. Someone will have a word for me. They'll have a scripture for me. They'll have a song that spoke to their heart. And it so restores myself. You know, you, you might have your dial tuned into some programs and some stations here in Denver that don't restore your soul. They actually sap your soul. You're like, you can only hear about politics so much before you've had enough. I'm saying, I'm up to here with this, with this party and that party. But when you're tuned into some music that's singing the praises of Jesus, restores your soul. Some Bible studies that give you the word restores your soul. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Notice it doesn't say that we're giving each other our opinions. This is what I think. This is what I see. No, just give the word. That's what the word says. And singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So you can just go up to someone and sing to them. Hey, I learned this new song. The Lord is good. Oh, no, that's a restore my soul. Be fine. But you can sing a song in your heart. You can make melody between you and the Lord. And you can have fun with the things of the Lord. It's not a bummer. Because the shepherd, he restores my soul. Not only that, notice, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Now he makes things right. If I follow him, he makes things right. And it's not for my name's sake, but notice it's for his name's sake. It's so that he might get the glory, so that he might get the attention, so that when people are watching you go through this and they're asking you, why aren't you freaking out about this? And why aren't you throwing in the towel? And how are you, that religion, it's just a crutch to you. And you could say to him, no, 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 Jesus isn't my crutch. He's my stretcher, and I just lay out my life. He's my all in all. I don't need just a little help. I need a lot of help. And Jesus is everything to me. There's nothing in this world that satisfies me. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't want for anything. He takes good care of me. For some of you, you've got to think back to those early days when you were saved, when all that mattered was Jesus. What happened? What happens to us when it's no longer just Jesus that matters and all these other things start to pester us? All these predators come after us. And unfortunately, we have to end here. But in our next time, we'll finish through looking at our good shepherd in the midst of trials. You see, when trials come, the good shepherd is there for you and me. We remember our good and we remember our great shepherd. Receive these truths and meditate on them. Flip over to Hebrews chapter 13. As we know that you and I, we have a shepherd. He cares for us as his own precious sheep. And as sheep, we need a shepherd. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. You know, we can glory in tribulations by focusing not on the trial or the testings, but by focusing on the shepherd. Look at verse 5 of chapter 13. He says, Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, let's read this together. You ready? I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
That's not a principle, friends. That's a promise. Your good shepherd will never leave you or forsake you. Some of the greatest devotional books that have ever been written have been written by a man by the name of Andrew Murray. Books on humility and on prayer. And it was in 1895 when Andrew Murray was in England suffering from a terrible, painful back injury that had occurred years earlier. God never healed him. He constantly dealt with the increased pain in his back. And one morning while he was eating breakfast in his room, his hostess told him of a woman downstairs who was in great trouble and wanted to know if he had any advice for her. Murray handed her a piece of paper that he had been writing on and said, Give her this advice I'm writing down for myself. It may be that she'll find it helpful. And this is what he wrote for her. I quote, In time of trouble, say, First, he brought me here. It is by his will that I am in this straight place, and in that I will rest. Next, he will keep me here in his love and give me grace in this trial to behave as his child. Thirdly, say, he will make the trial a blessing, teaching me lessons he intends me to learn and working in the grace he means to bestow. And finally, say, in his good time, he can bring me out again, how and when he only knows. Therefore, say, I am here by God's divine appointment. I am here in his faithful keeping. I am here under his training, and I am here for his timing. And with those attitudes, you begin to look at the great and faithful shepherd and how faithful he is. Like I said, some of you, you're going to take this home today, and this is going to minister to your heart right now. For others, you're going to tuck this in the back of your mind and know that you're not alone. Even when people forsake us, our Father in heaven has given us his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who will never leave us or forsake us. Ever, never, ever, never. Amen? Amen to that. A good and great shepherd will never leave us or forsake us. Hey, thanks for listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're going and growing through a study of Romans right now. You can hear this message again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through either of our apps. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. Pastor Ed, I can't help but think someone listening right now is right in the middle of a hard trial, and this Bible study really hit home. Would you send up a prayer for them as we close? I'd love to, Larry. Father, in, in our time today in God's Word, it really stirred up a lot of thoughts. People tuning into the radio, you know, they didn't expect to have these thoughts. They didn't expect to face these things, but they have. And they are, and I pray for them. I pray that you would, as the God of all comfort, would reveal yourself in a powerful way. Uh, we know, God, that you're the God of all comfort. We know that. I know that. But I don't always feel it or experience it. And so, God, I'm asking you to reveal yourself to the men and women listening right now to this broadcast, maybe podcasting it, and that they know that you're the God of all comfort, but, but I'm praying specifically that they could feel your presence and receive your presence by faith, that they would press in trusting you even when their feelings tell them the opposite. And so I lift up the listening audience. I'm so appreciative of our relationship with you guys and with them, Lord. It is beyond, above and beyond what I could ever ask or think. And I'm grateful that, God, you would use my life and my testimony 
through the power of your word to comfort and encourage so many. And I pray for them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for praying, Pastor Ed. Maybe you're looking for a good book to go through as we begin a new year. Well, here in the month of January, we picked out an excellent one written by Warren Wiersbe. It ties in quite nicely to our current study, too. It's called On Being a Servant of God. Sometimes we lose sight of what ministry and service is all about as we get overwhelmed by the pressures and the needs that surround us. Be encouraged and strengthened by the wisdom that Warren Wiersbe shares in this easy-to-read book. We'll send you a copy when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Just call and ask for On Being a Servant of God. Our number is 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. And as we begin another year of delivering God's Word one verse at a time, we're looking to our listeners for help. Together, we can reach people with the love and truth of Christ and make a difference in these last days. To make a secure donation, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Next time on Abounding Grace, we'll continue Pastor Ed Taylor's study of Romans. Thank you for listening today, and we'll look for you tomorrow as we open the Word together in search of God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.